Welcome into Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you are well, and welcome into the show. After about 10 days off, we uh, apologize for all that time off. Holidays and other things going on certainly make it a challenge. I noticed our audio is a little low. We will work on that as we speak, uh, as we go throughout the show. But if you've got questions for us on on Hoopsville, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, I think a lot of people have gotten to know the drill by now, and we certainly hope you will take advantage of those. Um, forgive the uh, somewhat casual look from me. First off, we will come back to this, but WBCA polo on. But uh, I need a haircut, and we're in the glasses today. It's been a long week, even with the holiday, um, and we're we. Uh, it's just just the way it is. Uh, even last weekend with Hoopsville Classic, long weekend, lots to talk about there, and we will certainly get to all of it uh, in due time. Um, but then again, a reminder, again, you can interact with us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville on your Twitter account. We're also on Instagram at D3Hoopsville as well, though we don't follow that account during a show. Um, we also have a chat room on the YouTube page you can uh, join us with if you want. We check that, check that on occasion as well. Um, but easiest is to email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. We have that all up and running on computers here and there. Uh, starting to see some signs of that some of our gear is getting old yet again. It seems to be a theme of ours, and uh, we will once again make adjustments as the year goes on to that. Again, 10 days off. We had hoped last weekend to get the interviews that we did from the Hoopsville Classic up and running. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't in the cards. Uh, ran into some strange uh, technical glitches last week. I, I don't know how to explain them, to be honest with you. Um we had interviews that were per completely fine. Then we had an interview that halfway through developed some major audio issues. The next interview, no problems. And then the next interview, half the interview had problems. The following interview, all of the interview was gone. No idea why. First time it's happened to us. As a result, we were not able to post those interviews, and we apologize. Um, however, we will air some of those that we were able to resurrect here on tonight's episode. Again, they are slightly dated. However, uh, they will give you a, a sense of what the teams that we will be talking to expect. We'll be hearing from Randolph-Macon men's basketball, Albright men's basketball, and Skidmore men's basketball. We have half of Christopher Newport's interview, and then it goes south right about the time it gets really interesting. So we're just going to have to have John Kikorian on the show at a later time. Marietta's interview with John Vanderwall goes south on us almost immediately, so we have nothing we can use from there. Probably good, because airing it now would be... Maybe pointless, considering what they have done, not only at the Hoopsville Classic, but after the fact. Marietta is right now the story of the season, um, amazingly enough. Um, interesting. We'll have to double-check a link here. Hold on a second, folks. Oh, the embed's not in there. That's why. We'll fix that. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um Ryan, for noticing that. I'll fix that now. Um, anyway, Marietta's off to a tremendous start. Uh, absolutely blitzkrieged um, CNU uh, at the Hoopsville Classic. No one saw that coming. I don't think, I would argue Marietta certainly didn't see that coming. Christopher Newport struggled a little bit. I, I think if you play that nine times out of ten, maybe eight times out of ten, you're not going to get that result. I think you're going to get a Christopher Newport blowout maybe once, and you're going to get a Marietta blowout maybe once. So maybe 8 out of 10 times, it's actually a close game. could go either way. Certainly, A.J. Edwards uh, impressed many, um, to say the least. 
um, and uh, and played very well. Uh, uh, and and what they went on to do against Worcester, I think, is the most important part. Now, granted, that game was at Marietta, and and I have said this, and I don't know if a lot of people uh, agree with me necessarily about this, but I think Worcester is very susceptible when they go on the road. They remind me a little bit of a Franklin and Marshall in the sense that they like to play at home, plain and simple. Obviously, conference schedule will take them out of that realm, um, but. A lot of their out-of-conference schedule, they will try and play at home. They've got a conference tournament. You can't get them out of their building very easily. Um, and I have a feeling that for whatever reason, they're not comfortable. And maybe I'm completely far-fetched on that, but it's just the feeling I get. And so Marietta playing that game at their place against Worcester, I thought was an advantage of Marietta, especially coming after the win over Christopher Newport, though you certainly hope they wouldn't have a lull after that. Um, and I think they did a darn good sh uh, job with that, to say the least. Um, so as a result, you know, a blowout of Worcester on top of a blowout of Christopher Newport has got a lot of people talking. Where will they move up in the top 25? Um, I, I think they're going to jump for sure. How far they jump, I don't know. Uh, I made an argument on the board that certainly wasn't well-received. Um, that some voters who had Marietta deep, now remember Marietta was 17th, who had Marietta deep may not push them into the top five for whatever reason. There will be other voters who had them higher because you got to figure to be 17, you probably have voters who are, have a number 10 and some voters have a 25. To get up, will easily get up in the top five and probably get a couple number one votes. I certainly know those who had their number ones lose. Christopher Newport, for example, will look at that and make a decision about it. So, um, Marietta, where they land is going to be interesting. I think there's a very valid argument for top five. I'm certainly going to put them in my top five. My number one is Babson. They didn't beat Babson. I don't know if I'm just going to change my vote now. Granted, I've seen Marietta, played it very well. I know Babson hasn't exactly blown the socks off anybody. Well, I should say of their tougher opponents. So I think it can go back and forth. Christopher Newport had six number one votes up for grabs. Uh, Benedictine had two. They have lost. St. Thomas had one. They had one. So you could argue there are nine first place voters minimum who are looking for another first place vote. Does that mean any of the 10 at Amherst are going to leave and go somewhere else? Does that mean any of the six at Babson leave and go somewhere else? Of course, I'm one of those six. Maybe. Very possible. Could Marietta jump into the number one team in the first week? Absolutely. But here's the part I, I indicated that I, I, I thought people had a little trouble with, and I'm just pointing out trends I have seen. Marietta's sitting 17th with 200 votes. If you take 200 and divide it by 25, uh, it's eight points each. Um, that actually is 22nd if, if, if you if you go by how votes come out 200 points divided by 25 equals 8 votes or 8 points a voter and 8 points a voter means you're 22nd on that ballot so that means there's a lot of people who did not have a lot of confidence in Marietta now they got to go all in for Marietta to make a large jump here now we have an advantage we'll talk about in a minute that a lot of top 25 voters have, have, you know, a lot of top 25 losses have taken place that Marietta is going to jump out on this. But again, my point being, how high do they rise if you have any voter who sometimes a big move on your ballot looks weird to a voter? 
if you move somebody 20 slots up, you, you almost think to yourself, really? Especially early in the season, even though those are significant wins. When, you know, for, for Marietta, um, it, I think you I think a natural human response is to be cautious. Uh, they beat LaRoche by 26. They then beat Albright, no surprise, but that was their closest game by 18. They beat Christopher Newport by 24. They beat Worcester by 29. They're currently playing Bethany. They're losing 5-3, but that doesn't mean anything. We're literally minutes into that game. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, and actually now it's 7-3 Bethany. Um, it, granted, they lose to Bethany tonight, and this is a whole different conversation. But still, I, I think we have a lot, and, and I know people didn't like me saying it necessarily, but I think there's a lot to discuss and try and figure out and not just automatically assume Marietta's going to jump. Could it happen? Oh, absolutely. I am, I'm not going to take anything away and say Marietta couldn't be number one team this 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 uh, when things start up on Monday, when we get our first vote of the season. Absolutely not. Will not anywhere come close to saying it won't happen. I'm just trying to be cautious of anybody having that expectation. I'm putting them in my top five. I'm certainly going to consider higher than that. I don't know if I take my vote away from Babson. Maybe I do. I'm, I'm not sure. By the way, I also apologize for not getting my preseason top 25 ballot out. Things just got too crazy. Too much going on. Hopefully I'll be able to get out this week's ballot, though I've got a lot going on this week as well. I'll talk about that later on. But um, just things to keep in mind. And Marietta is certainly the talk, but they're not the only talk. Let's, let's look at what the top 25 has done um, since uh, the season started. Uh, Amherst has gone 3-0 with an easy win over Green Mountain, an easy win over St. Lawrence, easy, a semi-easy win over Anna Maria. No surprise there. Uh, Christopher Newport beat Randolph-Macon rather easily. Easily stumped Stevens Point by 20, then lost to Marietta, and then blew the doors off of Dickinson by 20. Um, I think that Dickinson result for Christopher Newport, good sign. Babson beat Albertus Magnus by 20, beat LaSalle by 18, beat Anna Maria by 50. I think that's going to be an interesting result between opponents here, is they beat Anna Maria by 50, and Amherst beat Anna Maria by 11. Will that have any indication to voters on what's going on? I don't know. Uh, Endicott won, uh, They beat Endicott, who was just outside the top 25, by 12. That was a tight game late. Uh, beat Becker easily, uh, and then beat Bowden by the skin of their teeth this weekend. Uh, Babson 6-0. Remember, Babson is slamming in a ton of games before mid-December, before they take a significant period of time off. So Babson's got a little bit of an ad, you know, uh, abnormal schedule here. Compare it, for example, to St. Norbert, number four, who's only played two games. They lost to Eau Claire to start the season by one, and then Benedictine by one. Um, Tufts. Off to a good start at 4-0. Beat FDU Florham by 10. Southern Virginia by 11. MIT by 8. And Emerson by 10. Interesting results for Tufts. Can't really read into that. Benedictine's out to a 2-2 two two start. You want to talk about a mixed bag. Yeah, Benedictine's your, your, your target here. They beat Wheaton by 10. Then lost to St. Norbert, as we mentioned, by 1. Then lost to North Central by 3. Before then going to beat Oshkosh by 13. Benedictine, I think, is better than people realize they would be despite losing some significant players and obviously player of the year 
from last year's squad after losing only one game being the championship. I think they're going to be in the mix better than people realize, but at the same time, you know, you get back to that St. Norbert question. And North Central, obviously, playing well. Worcester is 3-1. and one. We talked about the loss to Marietta. They beat Oberlin easily. They beat Defiance easily. And then they beat St. John Fisher today by 10. That game was closer than that with a minute and a half left. It was 7. I think it was closer than that at one point. So Worcester is coasting at 7 right now. We'll see how much that Marietta loss hurts them, considering it was by 29. While Wesleyan's off to a mixed bag start with two wins and two losses bracketed. Albion uh, in on neutral court, oh, an easy win, 91-77. Then they beat Trine, 79-72. Then they lost to Capital, 76, uh, 82-76. Oh, I hate it when people put scores backwards. Then lost to Illinois Wesleyan, 88-70. That's a surprise. And Illinois Wesleyan control of that game most of the way. And, and, and by the way, maybe that we're sleeping on Illinois Wesleyan as well this season. But granted, Illinois Wesleyan was... A shade above 500 last year. Whitman's off to a 3-0 start. St. Thomas lost that first game to River Falls, beat Pacific Lutheran, Puget Sound, and St. Scholastica after that. John Carroll, not a great start. 1-2, lost their first two games. Mount St. Joseph by nearly 20. Hanover by nearly uh, by a point. And LaRoche, uh, they then got back on track with with a 107-82 win. Whitworth, 3-0. North Central is 3-0. They'll certainly move up. Alma, one and four is going to fall out. I'm a voter who put Alma in my top 25 right in the mid to late teens. I know what they lost. I know the guy who transferred, who's not playing. He's at Hope. He's just not playing. I still thought they had a really good squad coming back. I still thought they brought a lot of good scoring back. I thought the experience and, and coaching would help them, but they are off to a, an abysmal start. They beat Ohio Northern to start by 8, then lost to Augustana by uh, 12, lost to Finlandia, who also beat uh, some other teams this, this year, but lost to Finlandia by 4, lost to North Central by 19, and lost to Elmhurst, uh, 104-96. So Elma's going to drop out of the top 25. Certainly not the start I think anybody expected from Elma, despite what they lost. And listen, I'm a voter who can tell you, I know what they lost, but I also know what they had coming back. That being said, they've got two guys who are injured who none of us voters knew about in the preseason were injured. That hurts. So basically, you've lost five guys. Two of them will return. Alma will still be good. It's just not good now. Emory's another mixed bag. They're 3-2. Lost to Covenant by four. Then beat William Peace. They then beat Guilford by three. Then lost to LaGrange. And then beat Maryville. Not sure what to make of Emory, who should be a pretty good squad this year. Virginia Wesleyan's 3-2. and two. They have a loss to Salisbury, which I think people have underranked Salisbury. They're 45th, if you if you count all the voters, or in the receiving votes category. But Salisbury's good, folks. They bring back a stud of a player from last year, and they bring back a stud of a player who's injured last year. Watch out for Salisbury. That Capital Athletic Conference is going to be one of the best conferences in the country, depth at the top. You've got four teams who are going to be vying up there. Christopher Newport, Salisbury, don't don't overlook St. Mary's. Certainly don't want to overlook um, Mary Washington, who'll be back in the mix. York's got probably one of the best big men in the game, can play 40 minutes if he needs to. They're going to play spoiler. Um, Wesley's going to be at least be in the mix. They're always tough to beat at their place. So the CAC is going to be fun to watch, and Salisbury thinks underrated. But they beat Virginia Wesleyan, and then Virginia Wesleyan lost to Emory and Henry in the first ODAC game of the season. Marietta, we mentioned 4-0. Augustana's 4-1. Their first loss coming today to Wash U, 68-61. Uh, 
Wash U's another team, top 20 ranked, we'll talk about in a minute. But, you know, that's not bad. But Augustana beat McMurray, beat Alma, um, beat Calvin, and beat, uh, yeah, beat Fontbonne. So mixed bag of wins there. The Alma win doesn't look as good as it did when it happened. Keene State off to a 4-0 start with a win over a depleted Southern Vermont squad, a win over Hartwick, which I, I don't, I can't get my finger on Hartwick. A win over Oyanta and a win over Springfield. I, I don't know if that's a testament. Those teams usually have been in the conversation in the past. I don't know if they're in the conversation this year. Wash U off to that 4-0 start. Beat Webster, okay. Beat DePaul, interesting. Beat Hanover, that's certainly interesting by 20 because Hanover's been kind of in the mix in some games this year. But then, excuse me, then we mentioned beat Augustana. So maybe Wash U has returned. A 15-10 and 10 squad last year who I think underperformed dramatically last year, and I wasn't expecting a lot. I did not vote for them. I wanted to see them play in to the top 25. Maybe they play into my top 25 this week. Oshkosh, 2-2. Two and two. I didn't vote for any WIAC teams, and I've been told from those in the WIAC, Oshkosh isn't even the best team. And no, it's not St. Stephen's Point, and no, it's not Whitewater. Those who are in the know say Eau Claire is the team to watch this year. But Oshkosh is currently ranked. They beat uh, Iowa Wesleyan, then lost to Wartburg, then beat Edgewood, then lost to Benedictine. I think Oshkosh comes out of the top 25. Hopes out to a 3-1 start. Lost to Cornerstone. That's always tough for the voters to deal with when they play a D2 team. Beat Aquinas earlier by 13, also a D2 team. They also beat River Falls by 9. Franklin and Marshall's off to a 3-1 start. Uh, barely beat a depleted Lancaster Bible squad. Then beat York by 20. Lost to Gettysburg to start Centennial play. And then beat Lebanon Valley by six. I think FNM, I don't have them in my top 25, but they're there. I don't know if they'll stay. Middlebury, I don't know what to think of Middlebury. Beat Salem State by easily. Eastern Connecticut by nine. Beat New Pulse easily by 32. Then lost to Endicott. And I'm, this is nothing against Endicott. A lot of people in the New Mac are talking, I should say the NESCAC, are talking about Middlebury. I'm not ready to buy in. I think it's a little early to buy in on Middlebury. And Susquehanna lost their first game of the season in double overtime to Misericordia, 120-116, and have rattled off four wins since. Grand Penn State Wilkes-Barre, okay. Beat Kings, okay. Beat Lycoming, that's decent. Beat Penn State Harrisburg, okay. I don't think Susquehanna stays in the top 25. But there's a lot of losses there. In that top 25, 1, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 14, 12, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 25 losses in the top 25. Don't look at the receiving votes category. You're going to get even more losses in the top 25. The men are off to a crazy start again this season. Absolutely crazy start again this season. Plain and simple. It's, it's become the commonality of things. Parity in Division Three in men's basketball is here, and it is thick. Thick. I mean, look at the top 25 voter, uh, teams who didn't get votes. I mean, I mean, I should say got votes. They're not in the top 25. Endicott, 2-1. and one. Oswego, 4-2, and two, losing to Hamilton today. Uh, that's not a good loss for Oswego. Lost to Nazareth at the beginning, not a good loss. Beat Maritime, beat Canton, and beat Clarkson, and beat Colby. 
Skidmore's three and one, lost to Ithaca, which is interesting. They beat Stevenson and Randolph Macon at the Hoopsville Classic and beat Castleton to start the season. Swarthmore's four and zero. Lycoming's four and one. Johnson and Wales is zero and two. Don't think they'll get any votes. New Jersey City is four and one. WPI is four and zero. Lynchburg's four and one. Stevens points two and two after losses to St. Olaf and Christopher Newport to start. Beat Lynchburg and. A heck of a game at the Hoopsville Classic. That was the only heck of a game at the Hoopsville Classic. We'll talk more about that down the road. And then beat Lawrence. Rochester 6-0, by the way. They beat Ithaca, Alfred, Washington and Lee, Hobart, Waynesburg, and Elmira. Mixed bag, but a good sign. Offense with good numbers. Beat Ithaca 104-94. And they've had three games above 80 points. All those games above 70 points. I think Rochester's my dark horse. They're in my top 25. Whitewater's off to a 3-0 start, but nothing to talk about. Beat Colorado College, beat Lindsey Wilson, Connecticut, Kentucky, um, non-Division three, and then beat Ohio Northern. Trinity, Connecticut's 1-2. Birmingham Southern's 2-2. Two two. Hardin-Simmons is 2-2. Two two. Stockton is 1-1. One one. Lacrosse is 4-0. Lacrosse could be interesting to watch. Remember, they've got the transfer in the All-American. Transferred in from Superior... Um, this season. Hold on, I'm calling up the preseason because I want to make sure I have it right. Um, can't find it. No, it was in there. I might have clicked on the wrong year. Oh, there he is, Zach Schradel. Lacrosse is going to be a team to watch. I don't know how well they play, but we'll, we'll watch them. Northwestern's 1-2. and two. Roanoke's 2-2. Two and two. Carroll's 4-1. and one. Roanoke by 2-2. Two and two, Lost to Bridgewater and North Carolina Wesleyan. After beating Worcester State and Fairman, mixed bag for Rono. Carroll's four and one. Salisbury's four and zero. I told you about them. Texas Lutheran's three and two with losses to Whitworth and Whitman on the road with their best man barely at hundred percent. DeSales is two and two. Bethel's two and one. Chapman's two and two. Elmer's is two and three. TCNJ's three and one with a loss to Penn State Harrisburg. If TCNJ is as good as those in New Jersey say they are, they shouldn't be losing to Harrisburg. Newman is four and zero. Newman is the pick to win the CSAC. That could be an interesting team to watch. Beat Rowan, beat Eastern, beat Keystone, and beat Valley Forge. Uh, then SUNY Geneseo and River Falls round out those receiving votes. Three and one and three and one. Tons of choices. And 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 outside of here, there are choices as well. It's tough to figure out on the men's side who exactly do you ride? Who is the top 25 teams this year? And, and just like last year, I think the parity is going to make voting extremely difficult. And then the voters get a choice. Do you, do you make subtle moves or do you make big moves? Do you ride out losses or do you make drastic decisions on those losses? And it paraphrases itself into, into the men under the win side. Marietta, do you make subtle moves because of those wins or do you make big moves because of those wins? And we'll keep, an, again, an eye on that Marietta game against Bethany. Marietta's come back, now leads 21-20 in a game that's gone back and forth um, so far. Um, so we'll keep an eye. By the way, Bethany's 3-0. and So I don't know what to make of the top 25. And us voters are going go to the, go to our ballots tomorrow. The, the voting information's out despite the Marietta play, game still in action. Uh, I can print it up in, in one of our breaks and have it ready. And we'll tackle it. Um, it's going to be tough. And, and I and I know a lot of people say you, you base it on what's already happened. I don't think it's that cut and dry. You do base it on what's happened. But you also base it on what's happening behind the scenes. 
Is there an injury I don't know about? Is there a potential there? Maybe it's a, it's a stub in the toe moment. I, I used to be a little bit more of a dramatic voter. Now I'm a little bit more of a subdued voter. Because I've been burned too many times, too. Heck, this team's playing awesome. I'm going to put them in my top 25. They're not a top 25 team. They happen to get a couple good wins. Please do not translate that over to Marietta. I think Marietta's a really good team, and I will certainly be voting them accordingly. But I think it's just tough is what I'm trying to get at. And, and, and now you don't have an upper echelon of teams that are just darn good, and you always vote. And then you got to figure out everybody else. So maybe the top 15 is easy and the next 10 are hard. Now, not even the top five is easy anymore. And you could have up to 50 teams ready to get into that. You know, you could make an argument for 50 teams in a 25-team slot, and you just can't do that. So it gets hard and gets tough. And I'm, I'm, you know, we're off to that crazy start yet again, just like we did last year. We're off to a crazy start this year. By the way, I haven't talked about the women, and it's not because the women aren't good. <laughs> it's just that... The women haven't, it's no shock on the women's side, to be blunt. We've had some interesting results. Obviously, the NESCAC's got the top two spots, and then it gets interesting. Take a look at the top five, for example. Tufts off to a 4-0 start with wins over Keene State, Skidmore, Wheaton, and Brandeis. Nothing really to talk home about. Amherst off to a 3-0 a start with wins over Albertus, Magnus, Babson, and Wesleyan. Again, nothing really to write home about. Uh, Texas Tyler is off to a 4-0 start. Dallas Christian in non-division three, an easy win. Then Redlands, Chapman, and Howard Payne, though a tight one with Howard Payne. Thomas Moore is off to a 4-0 start. They're trying to make a point. Beat Center easily the day that the sanctions came out. Then beat Maryville, beat Wittenberg, beat Denison. Scranton's off to a 4-0 start, though currently playing, apparently. We'll call that up. They beat Rochester, beat Kit. Uh, sorry, beat Mount Union, then beat Rochester in the top 10 battle. Rochester's a good team, and they beat them by four. Beat Cabrini, beat Kings, and they currently lead Wilkes by four. Another game we'll keep an eye on tonight. Uh, outside of that, really, I mean, it starts to get boring in the top 25 on the women's side. Uh, you just don't have a tons of wins or losses that you can kind of hang your hat on. Um, it's not like the men. It's not wide open. St. Thomas, 3-0. Wins over Juniata, McDaniel, and Stevens Point. There are uh, and McDaniel and Juniata scores are almost identical. <laughs> they beat them by 30 in both games. Um, Stevens Point, good battle, won that one. Rochester, as we mentioned, three and one start with wins over William Patterson, E. Pauls, and Oswego with that loss to Scranton. George Fox is out uh, to a three and zero start, though two non-division threes in Multama Bible and Northwest Washington. Uh, they beat Redlands in a tight game by eight, which uh, makes makes me take pause a little bit currently playing Chapman another game that we will keep an eye on uh, during the show or oh, we'll try to uh, Wash U's out to a 5-0 start with wins over Westminster, Hanover, Claremont Mudscripts, DePaul and today against Illinois Wesleyan by a scant point maybe the Titans are finally coming back to the fray, Mia Smith may finally have her team clicking again but Wash U did get the win today by a point they get a little bit of time off, play Platteville this weekend, then Fontbonne, so we'll see how Wash U uh, continues. But granted, we're used to 21 seasons from Wash U. Wartburg's off to a 4-0 start. Albright's off to a 3-1 start, their one loss to Randolph-Macon. River Falls is off to a 2-2 start. This is about the only one that kind of may catch some people by surprise. They've lost to Carthage and Bethel uh, this past week. Hope's off to a 5-0 start, two non-division threes in the last two games. 
Um, beat Wheaton by two to start the season. Wheaton's a pretty good team this year. Uh, Oshkosh is off to a 3-0 start. Nothing really to write home about. Christopher Newport out to a 4-0 start. CAC women's going to be tough just as good, much as the CAC men is going to be tough this year. Um, then it gets interesting. I, I will admit the bottom half of the women's top 25 gets a little bit more interesting. Uh, definitely a little bit more losses. The women's side definitely takes a bit of another uh, a step at that point. Montclair's off to a 4-0 start. Beat Haverford. Beat Williams pretty handily. I thought that was interesting. Beat Hamilton and then beat Kane. Um, and they got Stevens coming up. We'll talk about Stevens in a minute. Muhlenberg's off to a 3-1 and start. They lost to Moravian to start the season, then beat Immaculata, Widener, and Bryn Mawr. Nothing to write home about, but that Moravian game would give a lot of voters pause. La um, Carnegie Mellon beat LaRoche, Transylvania, Wilmington, Waynesburg, and St. Vincent to start 5-0. and Bowden's off to a 3-0 and start with wins over Norwich. University of New England in a big uh, NCAA tournament game like Atmosphere. Um... UNE, um, though, wasn't close. They lost by 24. Excuse me. Don't mean to yawn. Been a long week. Uh, Mary Washington's off to a 4-0 start with a win over Washington and Lee. Alvernia, Virginia, Wesleyan, and Lynchburg. Interesting. Wheaton, we mentioned, is 3-1. They lost that uh, Hope game by 2, but beat Blackburn by nearly 60. Beat Trine easily. Remember, we thought Trine was going to be a good game, and I wouldn't say easily. I shouldn't say it that way. 81-68, certainly pretty good. And then uh, beat Laura's 58-50. They got Chicago coming up. That will be a good game. Stevens points 4-1. and one. They beat Alvernia, Alverno, I should say, Luther and Illinois Wesleyan along with Lakeland before St. Thomas beat them. Ohio Northern is out to a 4-0 start as well. Stevens point, though, or Stevens, I should say, is out to an 0-2 start. Stevens Tech, 0-2, beat, lost to NYU and Stevenson, but haven't played since the 19th. Their next game is tomorrow against Montclair State. And then uh, Claremont Mud Scripps. Talk to Coach. They got off to a 1-0 start with that win over La Sierra. Then they got thumped by Chicago, 64-36. Then lost to Wash U. Battled a little harder in that one, 66-49. Then got back to winning, beating Carrollton and beating the Banana Slugs of Santa Cruz. That's all in the first two weeks of the season. It's been, at, or more than two weeks, two and a half weeks. It's been crazy. Um... There's so much to try and break down on the men's side, but the women's side at least has had some stuff going on. By the way, watch out for Carnegie Mellon on the women's side. They're off to a, a pretty good start uh, as well. Um, quick scoring update. Marietta and Bethany are still in a battle. It's 33-31. 402 left in the first. So we'll keep an eye on that one. One other bit of news I wanted to show you is uh, one of the preseason... Um, all-Americans was Ty Saban from Ripon. Well, they needed everything about Ty to win their game against Loris uh, this weekend. Um, Saban broke his own scoring record at the school. For, we're going to show you some of the highlights here. Absolutely put on a show. Forgive the uh, score at the bottom. Ripon is actually the home team. Well, didn't hit play there. Rippon is the home team, despite that. And you hear some audio in the background. But Saban put on a show, thanks to Rippon's uh, sports information department for bringing us this video. They would beat Loris 
in the game, but Saban put on a show to say the least. Lots of deep shots. Scored 53 points in this game. Breaking his own scoring record, I think was 49. And they needed every single one of them. He scored about the team's, half the team's points. Nice steal and, and jam home there. Um, one more shot for good measure, I think. Or that might have been the last highlight. That is the last highlight. So Saban's already making a name for himself. He is a preseason All-American. For good reason, he's a very good threat. But for, for Rippon, it's all about him. You shut him down and this season's over. But we will talk to them somewhere down the road. Let's take care of a little business here. Uh, first and foremost, wearing the WBCA shirt, as with the NABC. I want to thank them for coming on board. Of course, WBC and NABC are sponsors of Hoopsville. We appreciate them and their support. Um, appreciate the shirt as well. It's very comfy. Uh, you'll see us wear these on occasion throughout the season. Um, also, a reminder, we will uh, have a show on Thursday that will be pre-taped. I will be making my way down to Salem because that's where we go, right? No, uh, a little early. Not for football championships. Uh, we're a few weeks away from that. But for the soccer championships, I'll be on the call for the men's soccer championships uh, next weekend in Salem. As a result, can't get a Thursday show on the air live. Uh, games start too early on Friday to make any sense of that. So we'll get a show put together on tape for you. We're working on guests as we speak. And we will get that out on Thursday evening so you can enjoy that. Maybe earlier, depending on how things go. We'll be back on the air Sunday live, though Sunday will be hairy. My goal before we leave the Roanoke Valley is to drop by Roanoke College, though I'll be on campus anyway. That's where the soccer championships are taking place. Uh, their new arena, they're playing a game on Sunday, and I believe they're going to be honoring Paige Moyer, their former coach, last year at halftime. I'm hoping to attend that and get to see some of it before I got to hit I-81 and head north to get here in time to do the show. It's about a four to four plus hour drive, so timing will be tight. But our goal is to be back on the air uh, next Sunday as well, live. Um, then the following week will be on Thursday and Sunday. And then the following week we'll take the Thursday off because we're going to be down in Salem for the Stag Bowl and Gallardi Trophy. Then we hope to do a show on the, I think that's the 18th, that Sunday. Uh, and we are debating about doing a show on the 22nd. Why, you ask, we would do a show on the 22nd? Well, if we don't, we'll have two and a half weeks off between shows. Granted, with a lot of coverage at the Hoopsville Classic, the 28th, 29th, and 30th. Um, but we'll see. If there's not a lot going on after the 18th, we may not do that show on the 22nd. We shall see. Um, but then we take the break, and we'll be back on January 5th. Speaking of the D3Hoops.com Classic, the games are the 28th, 29th, and 30th. Uh, six games on the 28th, six games on the 29th, and two games on the 30th. I think this is the first year we're not starting with a day with one, two, or three games before our big day, so that'll be a little bit interesting for the gang of, of, of us down there to cover those. Uh, we hope you'll tune in. And then that backtracks me into the Hoopsville Classic. We'll talk more about that coming up on the show. Here are the guests we'll have again from the Hoopsville Classic. Uh, we'll be talking to Albright, and not, and not in this order, by the way, Albright, Randolph, Macon, and Skidmore. Talk to their coaches. At the Hoops of Classic, I want you to hear most of the interviews that we did with them from that event. That is coming up here shortly as we have just blown through about 35-plus minutes of nonstop. So we'll get to that now. Um, and then we will take your questions after we do those interviews 
Um, we had a couple other segments lined up today. They fell through for varying reasons, one for a family emergency and some others. Um, so we'll just move some things to Thursday, most likely, to, to ease make things of ease. We'll get some regional reporters in here and talk to some more coaches as well. It's also been a crazy week for me off of the Hoopsville Classic. I had other obligations as well. Also decided to spend some time with the family, considering uh, this past weekend was about the only time I was relatively going to be home, and I still had an event, non-Division three, but I had to be somewhere this weekend. Um, so we, we weren't able to engage as much as we normally do when we hope to alleviate that as we move forward. Again, if you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or our hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville should mention. Ron, one of our good friends, mentioned that Josh Merkel's sister was the X Factor as a sub in Randolph-Macon beating Scranton women in the NCAA semis in 2005. Doesn't happen without her. Ron, I remember that. She was. Josh, you might remember, was instrumental back in the 90s um, with how Salisbury did and, and did so well. So we will certainly have a conversation with him. Rick Ferry from Albright and Joe Burke from Skidmore all coming up here on the show. Uh, I apologize no, now, no women's coaches on the show tonight. We tried to reach out to a couple. A lot of games taking place today kind of threw a wrinkle into that, but also just bad timing. Thanksgiving weekend is always tough. We should have done a little bit better job of getting guests on. We just couldn't today, so we hope you don't mind. But that allows you to ask us questions. Uh, we will try and answer those questions, and we certainly hope you will take advantage of that. So tweet us, email us, etc. Going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get to those interviews we had at the Hoopsville Classic that we think you might find interesting. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville right after this. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. A little bit different today. A little bit more me talking than normal. Taking a page out of the Dan Patrick show. Sometimes they don't have a lot of guests and they just chat. So as a result, we want to hear from you. 
you got questions for us or want to chat with us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville as well. Of course, we're on Instagram at D3Hoopsville as well there, though we don't follow that necessarily during a show, but you're certainly welcome to check it out as well. Uh, certainly follow who we have as guests on the show. Uh, we also have a chat room on YouTube, um, but we don't usually check it often. I just checked it now. Not a lot of people in there, so certainly no surprise whatsoever. Um, again, no live interviews tonight, just the way it kind of worked out. Uh, we're going to air a couple of these interviews from the Hoopsville Classic, then come back and answer your questions, chat with you if you have it. So it may be a little bit of a shorter show than usual. Again, we had a couple segments lined up. They just kind of fell apart at the end. It happens sometimes. It's called karma. <laughs> um, and one, we had a regional reporter lined up in a death in the family, unfortunately, unable to join us. We certainly uh, understand that. So um, we will get to more depth and content in future shows. But we also hope you had a good Thanksgiving. But before that Thanksgiving, we had the heck of the Hoopsville Classic, the fifth one. Gary Knight joke, Gary Stewart, the head coach, we did not draw up the games to end up being completely non-contest by the end in almost all of them. The only close game that I remember was Stevens Point-Lynchburg. Heck of a game. Stevens Point got up big. This is after Stevens Point basically got handled by Christopher Newport. The score against Christopher Newport, not indicative of just how big that scoring um, difference was. Um... But then Lynchburg was able to battle back, certainly played well. Um, it was pretty impressive um, to see how well that defense of, of, of Stevens Point is still able to play, even though they're playing a lot of underclassmen, sophomores, for example. But that was the closest game we had. The rest um, were absolute blowouts. <laughs> um so it was what it was. It, it didn't work out, but we got to see a lot of good teams. It got to see a lot of people we don't normally get to see. And as always, we do the interviews uh, with all the coaches. First, we will admit we didn't get all the coaches. Um, Gary Stewart had uh, some pressing matters, was unable to join us. And then Bob Semling and I just, we were on, I swear, two ships passing in a night. Texted more than we saw each other. Um, we will catch up with Bob somewhere down the end of the season. But we did the interviews with all the others except half of them, technical glitch that we are not sure how it came up, ruined the audio. We're not sure if there was interference in the area that we were not aware of or what, but somehow we lost the interviews to Christopher Newport, lost a great interview with Lynchburg, and lost an interview with Marietta. Bad luck. But we want to at least bring you the interviews that we got. And we'll start with Skidmore. Fascinating conversation with Joe Burke. I talked to him. Uh, prior to his team playing, but I thought it was pretty relevant. Joe talking about a lot of things with his Skidmore squad, especially the fact that they got to take the next evolutionary step. He talked with me, and here is that interview with him uh, from last weekend. We keep running into each other, whether it be the D3Hoops.com Classic, this event. I've seen you at a number of NCAA tournament events that I, you happen to be at that I'm at. Um, and so I've seen this program evolve over the years, and you guys really have. You've kind of gotten more and more competitive in and out of the top 25. But it seems to me that you've been knocking on the door for a long time, and you just haven't been able to get through that door. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it, it's funny. You know, when I took this thing over, which is this is going to be year seven now, um, 
you know, they had never won a conference tournament, right. a conference championship, and uh, we've proceeded to win four of the last six. <laughs> so what was funny is when we won those first two, when we went to the NCAA tournament, we played really, you know, you just don't get the respect at that point. Right. Uh, so you're going to play high, high-level teams right away. And we, that one year we played Amherst. Uh, the next year we played MIT, and they happened to be to like, yeah, welcome to the tournament. <laughs> but I think you know we, we we were competitive, especially the second year. The first year, what we realized was, hey, we got to continue to get better and bigger, stronger, faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we want to com- if we want to make that next step, I think what you saw the last two years is a team that is evolved immensely. We're bigger, we're stronger, we're faster, we're more talented. Uh, but we haven't broken down that last barrier yet. Um, Winning those first round NCAA tournament great, games were great on neutral courts. I mean, terrific wins for our program. I mean, to beat Wesleyan uh, two years ago and to beat FNM last year, yeah. great wins. And then you go in in the last two years and you got to play John Hopkins, who was very good on their home floor, yeah. and then Tufts, who obviously was very good on their home floor. <laughs> yeah. And both games were wars. We were a possession away yes. uh, in each of them. So the guys know. And, and I think you know what's exciting about this is that we haven't hit our full stride yet. Uh, especially with this group, with the weird dynamics that we kind of got going on right now. So Yeah, and the other thing, too, is let's remember, last year you lose probably your best player at the beginning of the season. Um, your, your advantage is he is back this year. We'll talk about that in a minute. So you almost have to revamp yourself last year completely under the gun, uh, late in the game, essentially, to do it. And you did. The last half of the season kind of really kind of woke up, as it were, a little bit. We saw you in Vegas. You guys were still trying to figure yourselves yeah. out. And then it kind of... The light went on almost, yep. Yep. Um, and then you did. You had a really good uh, run into the tournament, and yeah, you, you ran into a tough team that was tough. Yeah, um, he's back. Yeah. How much does that change this year's expectations? Well, you know, you never want to see anyone get injured. No. But what that allowed last year's team to do was evolve, especially mm-hmm. the young guys. Our freshmen played great, and they got better as the year went along, and that was a big reason we made our run. Uh, so now they've got the playing time under their belt. And then you get him coming, Alden coming back. And I got to tell you, like, it, 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 people, they laugh when I say this, but everything is relative. And, and you see what, like, the Warriors are going through right now with Durant coming yeah. back to an already great team. I think we were already going to be a really good team. You add a great player back. Now you just got to figure each other out a little bit. I thought we went through some of that in the scrimmages we had and in the first game against Castleton. But the beauty of it is we're not where we're going to be in a couple months, and I like that. The risk of that, though, is, yes. and you make the comparison to the Warriors, which is interesting, they get the whole season, 81 games, to figure it out. Yeah. They're going to figure out, for the most part, to make the NCAA, NBA tournament. Yeah. You, NCAA, Division Three, every game now is just as important as the February game. So you could drop a couple now that could put you in a serious bind later. Does that put too, almost too much pressure on you? You know, I, I think there's pressure, but I think there's pressure when you're picked to win the championship for the third year in a row yeah. unanimously. I think there's pressure in this program now because everybody's trying to beat us that we play. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, is there pressure? Yes. And we've talked a lot about this because I think the one thing that we have not done, and, and this kind of speaks to your point, is we haven't won all the early games. Mm-hmm. We've you developed a lot early. We've stumbled yeah. a lot yeah, early. Yeah. And, uh, and I think this is another chance for us. This is a chance for us to win big games, but it's going to be a matter of when the chemistry comes. So you're right. Where the pressure amps up, if you don't win those games and you get to the conference tournament, now the pressure's amped up because you know you've got to win it. You've got to win it. You've you got to go out there and do so it. So we have a schedule. margin is that? Thin. 
Yeah. So, but we have a schedule this year where if we do take care of business, if we do show well here, we got to go to Plattsburgh, we got to go to Middlebury. Uh, we're playing Ithaca on the road. We we have a very very college in New Jersey who's very good this year. Yeah, they are. Um, so we have a very very good out of conference schedule. So I, if we do the job, then we'll be in position no matter what. If we don't do the job, then yes, the pressure amps up and we got to get it done in the conference. Um, it, it, sadly, you, you guys being the thoroughbreds, it fits the pun well. Stumbling out of the gate has been <laughs> a struggle for you guys just just a little bit. Um, let's talk about the tournament here. Obviously, we're talking before he has played any or his team's played any games. Um, but you do. You have Randolph making a start, who perennially is, has been strong. Yes. Kind of, they don't like using the word rebuild, but they're right. retooling a yep. little bit. They're yep. kind of redeveloping a little bit. Uh, and then tomorrow you'll take on um, Stevenson in an all-horse matchup, Mustangs versus Thoroughbreds. Um, Should be a fast game, right? I was going to say, it just very much might be. You've got two different squads, though, here. Yes. You've got two different varieties. You've got both programs, though, that have been here yep. who are maybe here trying to get back. Yep. How do you prepare for that? Well, it's up. I, I, you know, I know Josh very well, mm -hmm. and uh, I think his team is, you know, he was probably disappointed in their showing the other night, but I also think Christopher Newport's tremendous. Yeah. I mean, huh. I mean, Johnny Corey and go way back. We coached together at Navy for a few years, and uh, I think his team is very good. So I think they played a buzzsaw. So I told my guys when we watched the film, hey, this team is better than they look sure. on film. And they're going to they're gonna get better as the year progresses. I think, you know, for them, uh, based on their situation, they lost a fabulous player last year, so they're finding themselves right now as well. So uh, it's an interesting matchup because we got a guy that we're trying to fit in now and make our team great as soon as they can be. They're a team that, when the light goes on, is probably going to be pretty good down the stretch. I'm hoping we beat them to the punch. <laughs> but no, it, it, that's good. And then Stevenson, look, we played here. Uh, yep. We were a young team five years ago, and uh, you know Gary does a great job. I mean, his team. I know he's battling some things too, but you're playing on somebody else's home court, which are. is a tough match. So a little bit of a disadvantage. But again, great challenge. This is what you want, right? This is an NCAA tournament weekend. Like I told our guys, this is what we did the last two years. We played a good team on a neutral court. We won. Then we played a good team on their home floor and lost. It's true. So here we are. Here, this is the, though the, in November. Exactly. exactly. Uh, back to the other point, though, uh, about this getting out of the gate in a good manner. What do you need to do this weekend? And win, lose, both of them, whatever, what do you hope to get out of the weekend? So what do you need to do and what do you hope to get out of the weekend? Well, I think, you know, for us, I think we can be great defensively. And I, and I said this, this was the preparation for this week, is you, don't, you know so little about your opponent right now. Yeah. Your defense has to travel. You've got to be ready for anything. That's our term this year. Uh, what do we got to do? We've got to come out here, play hard, and defend. I honestly, I, I really believe in our talent and our ability. I think if we defend, if we can stop both of these teams, then we're going to have a really good chance of winning because I think we, when we get out in transition, I don't think there's anybody better in the country, to be quite honest with you. I'm comfortable saying that. But it's can we continue to get stops? I have a guy, I have a team that I feel like everybody's going to play hard all the time, whether the rotations are right and the tactical things are correct yet. We'll find out. And it's early in the season. Everybody stumbled on the first night. Early. We had a lot of losses. Is Be, be honest, is this a top 25 team? I really believe so. I, I mean, I, and the I, only reason I say that is because I've, you know, in our NCAA tournament appearances, like I said, that Amherst team we played uh, oh, six years ago, they were loaded. I mean, they were number one. Yeah. And MIT was number two the next year we played them at Hartwick. I think they got all the way to the yeah. week, championship weekend. They did. Year. They yeah. did. I think they went all the way there. And then, uh, you know, and then I thought Hopkins, and we, I mean, Hopkins we had the was ball. That year. We had the ball two years ago to tie the game. With you know, in last seconds on their court in a great environment, um, so I've seen it. And then last year, Tufts obviously a good team yeah. to beat FNM. FNM's good every year. Um, so I, from the teams that I've seen, every one of those teams were top twenty teams. 
we're in that we're in that conversation for sure. And you know, look, last year, but it, this is our own fault because we dropped a couple games. If you look yeah. at our record last year, I think we finished probably with like the thirty, getting like thirtieth in voting. But if you look at the teams above us, we were four and two against the teams above us. I mean, we went out to Worcester and won. So we know what it's like. I, we, we've been against the best. I feel like we're in that conversation now. Whether we're there right today, I don't know. But we're going to be there if we stay healthy by the end of the year. Before we wrap up, I'd be remiss not to ask you about your conference. It's been you guys and everybody else yep. for the most part. It doesn't help you in some ways. It doesn't help the image of being a top 25 team when your conference isn't assisting with that image. Mm -hmm. What do you expect of the conference this year? I honestly, I, and I know a lot of guys will say this, but I do think it's pretty good. I think St. Lawrence is a team. They got returned all five starters. They've been they're in and out of the picture. They're going to make some noise. They're going to make some news. I thought Hobart didn't have a great year last year. Very young. But if you look at some of the wins they had last year with young guys, I think it just tells a story of what they can be. So I think they're good. I think RIT's got talent. I, I, yeah, I really do. I always, it together. Yeah, they just if it comes together, you know, they got a really good point guard. And uh, and then the, it, there's no the thing about our conference that's changed. Dave, is that there's no more bottom feeders, I don't think. Okay. Because I think... Like, more Adam, of a, a muddy middle? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, Adam's done a great job at Bart. Yeah, that's that, true. That's not like a game... Like, it used to be a game where you just, you know, you got to play everybody. Not no more. Like, he could beat anybody. Yeah. Uh, and, and he gives teams games. And, and, and Vassar's good, and Clarkton... Vassar's been in, in and out. In and out, yeah. I mean, he's, but they're getting good players, so they're, they're in and out. And, and Clarkson's good. He does a great job there. And I think Union's good. I think Chris does a great job. So, I mean, across the board, I think we're better. Um, whether that translates into big wins, I don't know. But I will say that I, I honestly believe in the big games that our league plays, they're going to be battles. Like, no one's going to get rolled on. I really believe that. And I think some teams, you know, us, St. Lawrence, uh, Hobart, Union, they're going to win some big games. The other thing about this conference is it's been changing a little bit. You guys are kind of in the back seat watching it all happen as yep. football controls the show right now. Liberty League is desperate to get one more team. Yep. Empire 8 has played a, 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 a role in that. Even the Suniac has yep. been in the conversations, whether right or wrong. How hard is that as, as a coach who has absolutely nothing to do with it? Yeah. You guys literally have nothing to do with these movements. No. And, and you don't know from any given year what, what you might have as a, as a picture. It's a challenge. It's a challenge because, you know, I, I, when RIT came in, I didn't think that was a great fit. I mean, we're glad to have them. Don't get me wrong. But if you look at the landscape it's of a little the school, different. Yeah. it's definitely huge. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, that's a big school. Uh, but it, it's worked out well. And then, you know, now we're at in Ithaca. So, like, right. I, you know, you don't know year to year. The schedule changes. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, my thing, Dave, is, and I've kind of learned this is in, when I took over and now that I've been in Division Three for uh, seven years, is you got to kind of worry less about what goes on around you. I think I know now what we need to do to be successful at the highest level. We need to come to these events. We need to play well in these events. We need to learn. And then you need to be playing great in February. And every year that we played great in February, we won the conference tournament and then and made some progress. It just depends on which conference you're playing. Exactly. <laughs> How many teams you're playing exactly. in conference? Exactly. And it's got, it probably will have another twist and turn. Well, it's going to be interesting to, they to see if it changes. Yeah, and, and like it affects your conference tournament pool. Like, I mean, we're, we've been a four-team conference tournament. So now we're going to have 10 teams. You, got, you I mean, might have to change it. Got to change it, right? And you I mean, might even have another one outside exactly. just to fix football. Exactly. So it's crazy. you got to stay on your toes. But uh, I think if we're, you know, we have a group now where we're, we're, we believe in, we're talented. Um, they get it. And uh, if we're doing all the right things, I'm excited about what the year brings. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. He's actually got to get to his first game. So we're going to let him go. <laughs> but his tradition has it on Hoopsville. And we keep it here. We always give the final word to the guests. Any final thoughts as, we, as you head into your first game? No, I, I just, you know, thank you guys for having us. I mean, this is, 
uh, having spent 10 years as a Division One assistant, you know, <laughs> I, I realize the attention the guys get at those level, that level. And this kind of thing makes these guys feel appreciated. And I think for our program, the way it's come the last few years really evolved into a national program to be part of your guys' uh, tournaments, and we've done it a number of years, uh, it's been great. And our guys really appreciate it. I love everything about the show that you do, and I just think this is great. This is, this is what the kids want. When they sign up to go to school and play college basketball at a great institution, they want to be treated at a high level. You guys treat us at a high level. That's why we're here. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Good That's luck great. in the weekend ahead and good luck in the season ahead as well. Thanks, brother. So thanks again to Joe Burke for joining me again. That interview from last weekend's Hoopsville Classic. They went on to win both games against Randolph-Macon 80-60 to and Stevenson 81-70, to though they lost this week to Ithaca. 89-85. They've got TCNJ coming up this week, and actually tomorrow, Monday. Uh, and then Houghton and Plattsburgh State and Middlebury to round out the first, let's call it, semester of the season. They then will take 20 days off, nearly three weeks, before they'll get into conference play. The fact that conference is starting on December 30th is asinine. They will start conference play against Vassar on December 30th and Rochester Tech on December 31st. Um, so thanks to Joe for joining me. Interesting take on his part on a number of things. One, his thoughts that they are a top 25 team in his mind. And trust me, you will get coaches who will talk. Top 25 coaches will tell you his teams are not top 25 teams. So I, I take that seriously. Talk about what he thinks the conference will be like. He mentioned St. Lawrence. Let's keep an eye on them. There's others in that conference to keep an eye on. And talk about how much it is changing in that conference. The Liberty League has been a little chaotic and because of football. We'll keep an eye on that because they're bound to make a decision sometime soon to get this AQ solved on the Liberty side that will affect basketball. So we'll keep an eye on that. But he mentioned Josh Merkel and Randolph Macon. So we want to get to that interview. Josh, of course, joined me as well. Um, to talk about um, his team and his squad and what they're going to do. A little bit of a rough season, but here's what Josh had to say and what he expects from the Yellow Jackets this season. So for you, it's more about the expectations of not only this event, but the season, but at the same time, the excitement of being here. Gotten one game under your belt, at least, of course, against the number two captains of Christopher Newport. That's one of those you probably, you know, you like that game back and forth, but this might be that one year you're like, do, do we have to play? Oh, for sure. Uh, well, I, we can joke about that, but I, I do think it's great for our guys, great for our team, the feedback that we get when you play the best, uh, you understand, you get exposed yeah. for the things that you're not doing well. And they certainly do that at a high level. I thought they exposed us uh, and some of our weaknesses, which we can then work on, and it grabs our guys' attention. So for us, it was a good thing. Randolph Macon is always in the national conversation, whether it's having a good year or not, because the expectation is the Yellow Jackets will always be in the fray. Uh, especially in the conference and the ODAC where, where it's always a battle. But when you took over the program, they were coming off of having been a number one team much of the previous season, having gotten to the Elite Eight, and then losing, I think, if, I, if memory serves, eight players from that squad. You basically came into a little bit of a cupboards bare scenario. Um, so almost a rebuilding process. How has that process been going for you? Well, number one, I know Coach Davis, we don't like the word rebuilding. We I like know. the word reloading. I would say it, it was transitional. Yeah. And I think... Um, 
you know, we don't like to make excuses. We didn't have as good of a year as we could have, should have, for a number of reasons. And I think, you know, our guys understand that. They've worked hard to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And it's not even about the results, but about, you know, our effort and how together we are and are we pointing in the same direction. And, and those are things that we've, uh, that we've addressed and, and are working on. When you look at what you've got now, obviously a young squad, um, one that's going to be learning a little bit with some senior leadership, but give everybody a sense at home of who you have with this program and what you expect out of those players. Sure. Well, I mean, we have three great seniors that are starting to understand the urgency that they need mm -hmm. uh, to bring to, to each practice. And um, they saw it. They were on that team that was number one for much of the year. Yeah. So they, they've been around it. And the responsibility is for them to be the leaders and to bring it and to show the way for the younger guys. So we do have nine freshmen and, and sophomores, and um, even our juniors, only one of them has played minutes in Daniel Noe that played for us last year. So um, we don't want to use the word young, though. You know, we want to be, you know, we want people to know us for other things, how hard we play and the things that we do rather than, oh, they're a young team. The old Minneapolis Conference, while the Hoopsville Classic will certainly do it, so will the ODAC in revealing what you're good and what you're struggling at. Um, and you guys obviously have a, a tough schedule, as you normally do in that conference. It's a weighted schedule, in case anybody's not familiar. You won't play everybody twice, but you'll play some of the tougher ones twice, like the Hampton Sydneys in the rivalry and such. What do you expect out of conference play for yourselves this year? Um, yeah, you're reminding me that we have Virginia Wesleyan twice. <laughs> yeah. And um, same thing. I think when you play the best, it, it helps you understand what do we need to work on and how do we raise our game to that level. Um, there, there's, there's a lot of value in being challenged, and that's what the ODAC does every night. Great coaching, great players. We're going to get team's best shot like we certainly did last year. And um, I'm excited about every one of those challenges, but getting better every day, competing to win, playing fearlessly, th those are the expectations going into those games. Do you, you talk about those seniors who were on that team that was number one um, for a long period of time a couple of years ago and, and knocked on the door of getting back to Salem, uh, losing to a rival in Virginia Wesley. Do you have to change their expectations in some way, almost maybe have them understand the focus a little bit better? They're, they're used to what is either you win the conference, you're going to make the NCAA tournament. You, you know that's going to be because you've been so good. This year it's more about you're going to have to go win the conference for sure unless you have a tremendous season. Mm -hmm. do, do you have to change their expectations so that, that, in other words, they don't get down on themselves when things get a little tough? That's a great question. Uh, it's something that we have thought about. I mean, even last year, you could feel the weight on the world uh, on those guys' shoulders at times because everyone's expecting, you know, what's been done. And then when things don't go well. But the biggest thing is being process-driven rather than achievement-driven. Yeah. And just uh, that's the thing that we've been talking to them about. We're going to continue to get better every practice, every game, and, and not worry about the results. Um, so I, I don't know that we've framed the expectations in that, hey, we have to win the league to, to continue to be playing. It's more about our habits, championship habits, what that looks like, and uh, competing every day to bring that out of each other. And here at the Hoopsville Classic, you'll take on Skidmore in the first game, uh, a team that is an NCAA tournament team and looks stronger maybe than last year's squad. Again, talking before that game takes place. Uh, and certainly in and out of the top 25. And then you'll take on an Albright squad who's maybe re-emerging back into the conversation after a few years away. But two very different teams as well. How do you prepare for, for an event like this? And how do you get the guys ready for two very different games back to back? Taking it one game at a time first. So it's been, I mean, we've had 30 days essentially to prepare to get ready for, let's say, CNU. But really, we, we've been preparing for all three of these opponents with different things defensively and what we're going to see. But now it's been all about Skidmore, you know, and, and probably more about us and our habits 
with some understanding of what those guys do. Um, so taking it one game at a time, this is the biggest game. That Skidmore team uh, is tremendous, uh, well coached with some great offensive players. It's going to really prepare us down the road. How, what do you hope to take out of this event? Win, lose, both losses, whatever the case may be, what do you hope to at least experience out of this for down the road? We need to continue to build our strong sense of identity, who we are as a team. What are we doing at the defensive end? Who are we at the offensive end? Playing to our strengths offensively, being hard to guard, valuing the ball defensively, being really hard to score on. And you know, those are the things I want to see. I want more positive uh, plays and results from each individual and then as a team. Um, I remember when Josh was a player, which is starting to date me, which is starting to be the scary part of my coverage here in Division Three. But, I mean, I was, you know, at, on, in front of the microphone at, at Goucher when you would come in and some of the great games between Salisbury and Goucher. Catholic was in the mix back in the CAC. You went and then coached your alma mater and then left your alma mater, and we haven't had a chance to chat, and then went to Randolph-Macon where you had been an assistant coach. So you had loyalties to both schools. I got to imagine that was a tough decision because you had a really good Salisbury squad under your leadership and certainly leading into the future, and you were coming to a school you certainly knew was going to be a good program. That's got to be a tough transition for you. Sure. I mean, well, I think every transition period is yeah, tough. Sure. Um, but I will, I will always love the place that I played and the people that, uh, you know, I left behind. Um, and, and the players, for sure, um, you know, miss those guys. Uh, but it's always about, you know, who you're coaching, the next group. Um, I love our group right now, trying to help them get better. Salisbury's in great hands. And, um, mm -hmm. But transitionally, sure, you know, that first year and you're, and you're learning about your guys, you're building trust. Trust always takes time. Um, but those things have been done more or less, and, and I'm excited about this group. It's kind of interesting. We actually lined you up to be here at last year's tournament because he was head coach of Salisbury at the time. We were looking forward to having you. Now we've got you here under Randolph-Macon. It's, kind of, it's almost like I had to wait an extra year and get in another team just to get you here to the tournament. <laughs> One way or another, I was coming back. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, well, obviously, the season ahead is long. It's going to be tough. You're Obviously, the, the conference play is going to be difficult. Is this a team that can be at the top third of this conference, or are you guys going to have to grind it out maybe just a little bit in this weekend? I hope you do it. Well, I think both. Okay. I think, yes, we can absolutely be in the top third, and, and we can dream the biggest of dreams. Sure. But we're going to have to grind and work every single day and uh, have some good luck or the absence of bad luck or both yeah. for it to be a special year. And quickly, out of conference schedule, obviously you play CU in the first game, you'll play Skidmore, and you'll play Albright here. That certainly will help your out of conference a little bit. Yeah. A little taste of what the rest of your out of conference looks like. Uh, Ferrum, who's great. Mm -hmm. uh, Ferrum, Averett, William Peace, uh, to name a few. Coming to our tournament is going to be York, Johns Hopkins, FDU Florham. So we've got some great teams coming to that. Um, it's uh, you know another challenging schedule that, that our guys are looking forward to. A little bit of a mix of everything in there. You literally have a bunch <laughs> of different conferences and a bunch of different types of teams in that mix. That's going to be interesting to watch. For sure. So for you, it's more about the X. Sorry, interview restarted there accidentally. But great chatting with Josh Merkel. Appreciated him taking the time there. Again, interview went done before their two games at the Hoopsville Classic. Unfortunately for the Yellow Jackets, would go on to lose to Skidmore 80-60 and lose to Albright 73-64. I think that game against Albright was a surprise. I think a lot of people, after Albright got um, played out of, the game, out of the building by Marietta, didn't think Albright would be ready to play Randolph-Macon. To Albright's credit, started that game as if they hadn't played Marietta the night before at all. Really impressive by um, Albright in that situation. We will hear from Rick Ferry in a minute, or in a few minutes. But back to Josh. He's got a good squad there. They're building. They, they've got a lot they're still trying to get accomplished. Um, 
from there. And as a result, it's going to take them a little bit of time. They had a ton from that end-of-season number one team heading into the NCAA tournament who lost in the Elite Eight under Nate Davis, who's moved on to Bucknell. They had a ton. They lost eight players from that squad. They have three seniors who were sophomores then. They're having to... He doesn't like using the term rebuild, but they are rebuilding a bit. Um, and we'll see where they go. The, the Odak's interesting this year. I'm not sure what to make of it. Uh, and this gets me my transition uh, to a question that I got via email from Charles. says, Ian, uh, about the Odak. He's a little bit more specific, so I'll get his question in a second. But, you know, the Odak... I think the ODAC's got to take a step forward. And I don't know if this is the year it's going to be able to do it, but I feel like the ODAC, who has been in the conversation in the top five for a long time, Gordon Mann comes out this just before the season starts with the top ten conferences and moves them to six. And I can't blame the decision because I think the ODAC has, has failed to be able to take a next step. Granted, I'm not taking anything away from Randolph Macon and Virginia Wesleyan, both being in the Elite Eight. Virginia Wesleyan moving on to the championship weekend in Salem um, two years ago. Excuse me. But I feel like the conference as a whole hasn't demonstrated how good it has been. So to Charles's question, and he's a little more specific about one program and then, and then the conference as a whole, he says, E&H, Emory and Henry, returns basically the entire first and second squads. Out of the gate, they beat Sewanee, LaGrange, Covenant, and Virginia Wesleyan. They did lose to Maryville, Tennessee in triple over or in overtime by three. We should mention, by the way, Sewanee has been a good team over the years. I, I think we'll be down a little bit this year. LaGrange has a couple wins this year that are pretty significant. Covenant obviously mentioned the win over um, Emory. Um... Not Emory and Henry, Emory. And Virginia Wesley, and obviously the, the win over Emory and Henry to start conference play against Virginia Wesley pretty significant. His question is with that depth, what's your thought with their depth, what's their thoughts on Emory and Henry? I think Emory and Henry is the wild card in this conference. I'm not so sure Emory and Henry can get to the top and be number one. They're gonna have to, yes, they beat Virginia Wesleyan, but you know, you gotta remember there's also still Lynchburg. Roanoke, who's off to an odd two and two start. It, it, granted, under a new head coach in Clay Nunley, there's still going to be a massive factor. Um, for some reason, I feel like Hamden and Sydney may be improved. I could be completely wrong on that one. But again, you got Lynchburg. Randolph-Macon, despite a 1-3 start, is going to be tough. Um, Bridgewater seems to be playing an interesting spoiler role this year. Bridgewater is 2-2 two two on the season, off to a 1-0 start in the conference. Lynchburg, as we mentioned, is four and one. Hamden Sydney is one and three, so maybe I've I've got the wrong idea on them. Guilford's three and one this season to start. You got to watch out for them. Eastern Mennonite, I think, is gonna be tough. I think Emory and Henry plays wild card. I think they're a middle tier team. I think you're gonna have one or two, maybe three teams at the top, and then kind of a a um, a, a jam packed group from three or four down to eight, maybe ten. Um, you'll have to remember last year conference wasn't so bad uh you might remember um shenandoah was about the only team who, who played horribly bridgewater was 7 and 18 and washington Lee was 10 and 16 everybody else had double digit victories shenandoah was the oddball emory and henry was 16 and 12 last year i see them improving on that 16 and 12 they were 8 and 8 in the conference i see them improving on that 8 and 8 maybe they are 10 and 6 maybe 11 and 5 if they're if they're really lucky probably a 21 season 
But I'm not sure if they get to the very top. And, and again, I think the top has come down in the conference. And his, his question is, what's your opinion of the ODAC in respects of strength of the conference and how they'll compare to the other conferences? I think the top has come down. Lynchburg's good. Virginia Wesleyan's good. But they were both 12-4 and four in conference last year. And Lynchburg was the only 21 season last year. Roanoke was 19-7, and seven, just missed out. But Guilford hasn't been able to rejuvenate the great years of, of Ben Strong and and, and others in the years that followed. Hamden Sydney has not been able to return to its former glory. Uh, Randolph's played wild card. Randolph Macon obviously struggled mightily after having that incredible season two years ago. Is is not is a year or two away from being able to do that again. So I, I think the ODAC has taken a step back a little bit. Same as the WIAC. Like the WIAC has taken a step back because again the top has come back to the middle. The middle is still good, but there's no dominating teams either at the top. And so, I think the ODAC. I think Gordon had a good, good convert. You know, good point of view of saying they may not be a top five conference right now. They haven't been a top five conference in the last four years. Uh, arguably, in the last ten years, ODAC is a top five. But I think right now it isn't, um, and it needs. I mean, last year did not do very well against out of conference opponents. It, it simply didn't. It was a surprising year. Usually they do very well. That's how they've gotten extra teams in. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. I, I'm a little mixed on the ODAC. I, I think the ODAC has taken a bit of a step back, um, and we'll see where it goes from here. Virginia Wesleyan didn't produce the season when everyone thought they would last year. They're off to a rough start this year. Not sure they're going to be able to produce the season this year, um, but we'll keep an eye on it. Um, again, Virginia Wesleyan... Um, off to a 3-2 and two start. Um, wins over Methodist, Frostburg, and Concordia, Texas to start the season. And then losses to Salisbury and Emory and Henry. They got North Carolina Wesleyan coming up tomorrow uh, before they get back into conference play against Roanoke later in the week. We'll see. Uh, by the way, that game at Roanoke is the one I'm hoping to go to, so I'll get an idea of how they are. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll get our third interview in. It's, against, uh, it's with Albright's head coach, saving it for last because I thought he had some poignant mo- uh, comments. Uh, Rick Ferry joins us. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops Hope right after this. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Dot com.
We are calling you, all of you. We are calling all Division Three schools to join our cause. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. Welcome back to Hoopsville. If you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, we're on Instagram as well, though we just don't follow it during the show at D3Hoopsville. Follow along to find out what we're doing along the way. Um, I want to thank Charles for, uh, or Chuck for, for emailing us about e um, He thinks they'll be at the top of the ODAC. You know what? Very possible. I, I think the ODEX has been hard to read the last couple of seasons. Roanoke surprised us last year. Uh, Virginia Wesleyan disappointed us last year. Lynchburg certainly played well last year. Finally kind of got, go, got over that hump. Um, what happens next, I'm not sure. And, and I think that's the part that confuses me about the ODEC. I, I don't have the same sense on the ODEC I used to be able to, to, to pinpoint. And I think it's because I expect programs to be better than they were. A um, couple scoring updates from around the, the country they're keeping an eye on. George Fox has got a bit of a battle here uh, against Chapman. Um, last check, 35-34, about 6.08 left to go in that game. Um, uh, also saw an update uh, late. Uh, Bethany, or Marietta starting to pull away from Bethany late in their game. 61-49, about half of the, or about a quarter of the game left to play in that one. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. Let's continue with our interviews. Uh, I chatted with Rick Ferry from Albright um, as well uh, at the Hoopsville Classic, and Rick had a great point of view on some things. By the way, you may or may not hear a door slam in the middle of this interview. Ignore that, just as much as I tried to, though you might see Rick jump a little bit. Uh, it's a long story, but we pushed through it. But Rick, you know, he's got a program. He's an AD as well. Um, he's got a program that's kind of trying to return to form. And I think with their win over Randolph-Macon, they may have announced to people, guess what? We are back, and maybe we are going to be good. Yeah, they, they, they got beat by Marietta, and we talked to them after that Marietta loss. They got beat pretty bad by Marietta, but they knew they were going to take on some tough opponents. But Rick has some great thoughts, and I wanted to share that interview with you. So here is Rick's interview with me again at the Hoopsville Classic last weekend. All right, in the history, you guys have been at the top of the conference and certainly part of it. Recently kind of fallen off, middle of the pack to the yeah. bottom a little bit. But I, I sensed in the last year, maybe two, you're starting to surge back a little bit. Is that, is that a fair assessment? I know that's what yeah. you'd like to do, but I mean, yeah. is that a fair assessment? Of yeah, what the, yeah. We're, we're, we're three, four years removed from, from being at the top and, yeah. and being a, a highly competitive team. Fell off and... Uh, you know, last year I thought that the second half of the season we returned to corner and, and uh, you know, hopefully that leads into this year, yeah. you know, really being on the upswing. When you look at the differences, is it is it that you guys have, I mean, it seems like the recruiting field has gotten deeper in the sense that there's more crossover with schools. Schools are starting to broaden the horizon, so you now probably have a lot of New York schools that you don't normally see, maybe New England schools. Has that changed maybe a little bit of what you used to be able to do? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. It's... Uh, it used to be where maybe there were there were either older coaches or <laughs> part-time coaches, and and they weren't as active recruiting, so you could sure. really gain a competitive edge. There's virtually none of those around anymore, <laughs> yeah, and so now now you're out there and you're really you're really fighting, and, and you really have to figure out what's what's my niche. 
you know, where can I gain a competitive advantage? And, you know, because, you know, where we're located, you know, Pennsylvania, Eastern half, you know, there are so many Division three colleges. Yeah. There's so many Division two colleges. Yep. You know, then you cross into New Jersey and you've got all the, you know, all the state schools are Division threes. And, right. and so you're really, you're really looking to see where, where can we get in. And so, yeah, it's changed the landscape a lot, you know. And you know, I've, I've been, this is my 21st year as a head coach and 16 at Albright. And, and I look back at what we did in maybe the first five years at Albright. Yeah. And it's completely different. Well, it's interesting. I mean, even in your own city, you know, you, you're, you're battling a different right. type of school, but for the same kind of guys. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing I noticed in the MAC is a lot of you guys, I know on the football side, they jokingly call it the Big Ten, you know, because it's big, it's up front, and it's aggressive. I don't know what we could equate the Commonwealth to, but it seems like everybody's getting similar players. Now, there's some exceptions. Stevenson sure. tends to be a little bit of a different breed. Um, even Alvernia has a little bit of a different breed. But everybody else seems to have the same group of yeah. guys. How, how challenging does that make it? Because the conference is all aiming for the same people. I know. You see how it turns out. It, it, every game's a battle. And, and you look at our conference top to bottom, we're not top heavy, we're not bottom heavy. You know, and everybody just goes and beats each other up uh, all throughout January and February. And so I think, you know, it does hold true that, you know, we get a lot of the same guys and then that carries over onto the court. Yeah. You know, and, and that's one of the nice things about coming here is you see so much that's different. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, you know, different you get, styles, different, yeah, different yeah, teams, different, different bodies. Yeah, you know, just it's different, and that, that's one of the real that's one of the real nice things about coming to an event like this. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you really got different size than Ohio School and Marietta. You're going to get a different look completely from a Randolph-Macon right. team from Virginia. Right. right. They may not be geographically too far apart, but they're literally two different styles of team, and you're not going to see that in the conference. No, no, and. What you want is—is is it going to make us better? Yeah. That's and ultimately that's yeah. why you're here. Yeah. You know, you want to make, you want to improve. You want to get better, and you know that's that's what we're looking at, and that's why we come to something like this. You know, because you want to put yourself out there yeah. and be challenged. And you know, when you know that in January and February you have to show up every night, well, you got to toughen yourself. Yeah. That's true. And you're not going to toughen yourself by, you know, rolling over people by <laughs> 20 or 30 every no. night. It's, not, it's just not going to get you ready for that. You're not going to be used to that last minute where you have to battle or come right. from behind right. to, to right. get into it. Or, or even just learning how to compete consistently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's no on-off switch. It's got to be a consistent thing. And, and that's, you know, that's, what, that's one of the big takeaways, I think, from something like this. Because if you don't, yeah. it's not going to be good. Well, and how, mu how much did you look at who you had on your schedule? I mean, you knew you were going to get tough games no matter who you faced. Oh because you weren't going to face Stevenson because right. we weren't right. going to do that. But right. no matter who you had, you knew you were going to be tough. So how do you approach it for, with your team's point of view? You are a team that's trying to rebuild, right. not rebuild, but trying to build back to where you used to be. How do you approach it to the team and go, hey, this is going to be tough. Yeah. Don't let it get you down. Yeah, you know, opportunity. Mm. It's an opportunity. And uh, what do you make of that opportunity? You know, it's, it's an opportunity to get better. It's an opportunity to prove what you can do and prove to yourself and then it's an opportunity to grow as a team and uh, you know when you play against a Marietta you know, or any of the other schools that are here if you don't stick together yeah and you're going to fall apart and uh, and you know I think I think you really you really learn about yourself in that in that type of situation you know because they're going to come out and they're going to punch you in the face sure and how do you how do you handle that sure when you look at the conference this year what are you expecting to see this conference 
let's say, has been all over the place in, yeah. in the sense that you've had different teams rise to the top almost on a yearly basis. You still have the Lycomings who have lurked, who certainly were strong early last year. Alvernia, who seems to make a run from the, from the back yeah. of the pack almost yeah. every year. But outside of that, it used to be Messiah, and then they faded off. Lebanon Valley faded off. Stevenson has yeah. faded off. Yeah. What do you expect from the conference this year? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I, I really don't because yeah. it, we, we uh, as a staff, we joke about it all the time. You know, <laughs> when we're on the bus coming home from a Wednesday night game and we start looking at the, start looking at the results. <laughs> Wait, what? You, yeah, you know there's going to be one or two that, and, and that really just happened. But yeah. and it, there's almost no shock value anymore. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, we have, I think we have good coaches who are, are very established coaches that know the game, prepare their kids well, and, you know, it's you have to go out and play. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> you, every night. Every night. We talked, we talked at D3 Hoops a little bit um, this summer, and, and Gordon came out with the top ten conferences, and, and forgive me, I don't remember where we're Commonwealth ended up fitting in it. But we talked about, oh, my gosh, it is a deeper conference, and the Mid-Atlantic has some really good deep conferences. But it almost feels like you guys have also killed the chances to prove how good you are yeah. two ways. Yeah. You killed each other in conference, so you can't get out of the conference. You can't get in that large bed. Right. And the other reason is nobody's been able to make that statement in the tournament. Right. Is, is it fair to still say you're that good, or do you guys really, as a conference, need to take a step forward? I think we need to take a step forward. I really do, you know, because uh, I, think, I think we have good basketball, but I don't think we have great basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look on the national scene and... Um, you know, what, what has our conference done lately on the national scene? Yeah. Yeah, no, not, not much. Not, not much. Not much. You know, maybe, maybe a win here or there. Right. Um, you know, so, so does our conference, does it, does it bring us more parity? It's certainly or, got a lot of parity. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and just in, in, in the overall scheme, right. you know, does it make you more average? You know, yeah. um, or, you know, could we be better or, you know, would it be better to have a patsy or two that, you know, and then you don't have that. Um, you know, I tell everybody all the time, we're not top heavy, we're not bottom heavy. No, no, you're very middle we're, heavy. We're just, we're just good, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and uh, you know, you, you know, we usually do, we usually fare well in non-conference games, but how far do you put yourself out there? Right. You know, and big reason why I wanted to come to this event, um, you know, about three years ago, we had the second most wins in school history. Yes. And we got upset in our conference playoffs and we did not get in that large. Yeah, I remember that. And that was a year that the MAC was in position to potentially get maybe three teams in the tournament, yeah. but it all depended yeah. on the rankings. Yeah, and, and, and uh, so now we're left, we're left out. So you start saying to yourself, well, what do we, what do we need to do different? So mm-hmm. I look at it as I think we have to schedule tougher. Mm-hmm. And so build the SOS and build the team. Yeah, just build the team. Yeah. I, I don't care about the SOS. True. No, I, I get care it. about it because if we're not going to get at largest, well, we got to get ready for conference. Yeah. So we got to put ourselves out there. That's true. And so, so now here we are. We're playing Marietta. We're playing Randolph Macon. We're going to play F and M. We're going to play Emory and Henry. Yeah, you do. You, you know, got an interesting. We got New Jersey schedule. City. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we got good. We got good schools on good teams on our schedule. You do. And you know, maybe get your ears pinned back a few times, but hopefully in January and February, I pay some dividends. Sure. Um, you also have to mix in the fact that you're an AD. I don't want to call it a dying breed, but it certainly is one that you've seen less and less of. Juniata, Greg Curley, certainly a good program. Who's the AD? Of course, we're here at Stevenson. Brett Adams used to be the head coach yeah. and AD. I know that's tough to do. It's how it works for you guys. It, 
have you found it though that sometimes it's affected the ability to make your team better than you want or you also have a good program where you have a second that you can kind of turn to at the athletics department yeah, we, have a, we have a unique setup yeah. because we have co-athletic directors right. so there's two right. of us that do it and we're both coaches and so now and that works much better doesn't it it does well yeah. it works well you have, Some to, have, a, you have to have a relationship you know, you, you have to trust each other because yeah. you can't think someone's getting over on you. And so, <laughs> and so that works because um, we've both been at Albright for a long time, both been coaches for a long time, uh, trust and rely on each other. Um, you know, then also having a full-time assistant. Yeah. Assistant Makes coach. Makes a big deal. Huge difference. Yeah. Huge difference. Prior to being um, in the athletic director role, I only had part-time assistants. So yeah. now you get more out of that position. So the question, does the program suffer? I don't think so. Sure. I think actually, I think it's enhanced. Because you see the big okay. picture, you see things that you need. You have, I have a better staff under me. Um, I think, I think you get more out of it this That's way. Good. Okay, and similar. I mean, some other people like Kevin Manistreet at Calvin. He may not be an AD, but he's a teacher. And so he has still yeah, sure, other split in some other ways. Right. Yeah, it's a Division three thing. And I'm always it, it fascinated is. about how it works. Yeah. You, you have to be a time manager. Yeah. You have to be a very good time manager. And in season, you know, our school does a great job of laying off us as administrators to allow us to coach. You know, and so I'll come in in the morning, uh, first hour of the day, I'll be, I'll be the AD, but then that door goes close go. and, 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 the, and the video's rolling all, all day long because yeah. we're watching film. I got other things I got to do right. now, and you right. can take care of that. Yeah, That's so, so it's, uh, you, you, everyone has their own way of doing it. You know, Scott Koval's another one yep. to sales. Oh, that's right. You know, yep. um, you know and we, you, just, you just figure out what you have to do. And, and it's a Pennsylvania to to, thing. It must be. <laughs> <laughs> or else that's just the area we know. Yeah, I know exactly. I think no, they're you're everywhere. Right. Um, before I let you go, just thoughts on, on the team as a whole. I know we talked about it, but coming off this weekend, what, what do you hope you can now in the next few weeks do to keep yourselves moving in the right direction? Yeah, no matter what happens here this week. I mean, our, our strength is uh, we, have, we have good wings and we're pretty athletic and that's the strength of our team and where we really need to develop is at the point and inside and you know I think you know the teams we're playing we're going to see teams that have strengths at those positions yeah. for example Marietta yeah I think we yeah. saw some of that we yeah. saw the you know, American Center uh, yeah. all-conference point guard yeah, and then you know and, and you know you hope that's going to help help uh, develop those the kids at those positions and develop the depth in our team yeah. and um yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pleased, pleased with what we've, what we've seen and, and um, love the event and well run. And it's just, it's, it's a tribute to you and the other people who run it that it's, I think it's, it's very nicely done, well done, and great competition. Well, thank you for coming. Yep. Appreciate you taking the time yeah, to do pleasure. it on your schedule. Right. Uh, he, uh, we always give the coach the final word. I don't know if you knew that tradition, but we do. I don't know, that, we I don't do. know that. We haven't talked that often. It's, it's disappointing. Um, we do give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who might watch this? Uh, yeah, Division Three sports is where it's at. You know, and when you're when you're a product of Division Three world, um, so often people believe what they see in the newspaper and what they see on ESPN, and that's not reality. This is reality. Division Three athletics is reality, and uh, these kids pour pour everything they have into it. You know, but you know we don't come down here today. Uh, this is Friday. We come. We stay in class until noon, playing at four o'clock, just so we can get all our classes in. You know, and we grab a quick lunch and then we hit the road and come down here. And you do everything you can to make sure that you're a student first. And so often that gets lost on people and it's really the way things are supposed to be. It's, it's Division Three, it's college athletics the way it's supposed to be. And you hate when people get jaded by what they see at other levels with uh, yeah, the, 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 the unscrupulous tactics and, and that sort of thing. It's, it's, this is not, that's not reality, this is reality. Support Division Three athletics, it's, it's the place to be. 
All right in the history. You guys have been at the top. Nope, sorry. Interview started over again. Anyway, back in. Thank you again, Rick Ferry. I loved his thoughts at the end. Had to share them. And if anybody knows me, you know, that's a testament to why we do the show, why we cover Division Three, why all of us at D3 Sports do this, because this is the way it's supposed to be. So thank you, Rick, for that. And you may hear that on a promo in the future. Rick and I joked afterward that uh, they had given me some good material. Notice the door slam. Rick and I tried to tap around that. Yeah, forgive us for that. It happens sometimes. People don't realize what's going on. But thank again to Rick for joining us. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, go through some of the scores from today. There were a lot of games today. A little odd on a Sunday. It's, granted, Thanksgiving weekend has part to do with that. But even, I think today, more games than I'm used to seeing on a Thanksgiving Sunday. Anyway, we'll go through some of the scores that are catching my eye. One of them, for example, uh, is the Chapman-George uh, Fox game that's caught my eye. Not really sure what's going on, but uh, George Fox has got a battle on their hands. We will check in on that. And uh, take any of your last-second questions via email, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or via Twitter, at d3hoopsville, or hashtag hoopsville. Uh, look forward to those when we come back. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. More Hoops Hope right after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum. It's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I'm a current Division III student athlete, and I remember how intimidating the first year of college can be. So if you're a first year student athlete and nervous about coming out as LGBTQ, I pledge to stand by your side as your ally. If you can play, you can play Division III. We are Division III student-athletes, and you can be too. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division III. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. Welcome back to Hoopsville from the NABC WBCA studios. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Of course, Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com. Uh, scoring updates, we're keeping an eye on. Game over. Marietta pulls away from Bethany, 87-71. Game was tight at half, 41-33, and basically about the same score translated out. Uh, they both scored five more additional points in the second half, 46-38. So Marietta slowly pulls away from Bethany to win that one. So Marietta is undefeated. We will see how high they jump. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. 
See how high they jump in the top 25? My 19-page uh, ballot, okay, 19-page info sheet is printed up. It'll come out late tomorrow, depending on how voters do. Uh, we will see how it all translates, uh, to say the least. So that's one game we were keeping an eye on, and congratulations to Marietta for another win there. Um, let's look at some of the other scores, because not everybody escaped, as we talked about, but even today have escaped. One game going on, we have an eye on end of third quarter. George Fox is leading Chapman 49-47 in a game that has been back and forth in women's basketball. Uh, a little surprising there. Chapman, I had heard, may have been improved, but you, you almost wonder if George Fox may have been overlooking this one. Uh, speaking of not overlooking things, Scranton in the Crosstown rivalry or Cross... What are they calling it? I had it there a little while ago. Um... Uh, misplaced it. Anyway, Scranton women easily leading Wilkes, 74-26, 4.44 left. That's a late game on a Sunday, to say the least. Um, but other games that we've had our eye on in women's basketball, Tufts won today, Thomas Moore won today. We indicated that. St. Thomas won today over Stevens Point. Uh, Wash U beat Illinois Wesleyan in a thriller. Uh, Christopher Newport had an easy win. Bowden had an easy win. Uh, Trinity and Howard Payne are at half. Trinity, Texas, that is, 36-25. Um, and then certainly a lot of other games in there um, that, that, have, that is worth looking at. Uh, Catholic beat Coast Guard by six. Coast Guard tends to be a slow-starting team. Finlandia beat Carroll today, 77-68. Um, this is women's basketball. Um Wesley beat Arcadia 71-63. Nice start to the season, or nice win for the Wesley women, to say the least. I think they, they may be worth keeping an eye on uh, this year. And uh, York women beat Lebanon Valley 63-53. The CAC, I mentioned it earlier, Marietta, York, uh, Marietta, Marymount, York, Salisbury. Um, three tough ones. I, I know I'm missing a fourth that's going to make that conference extremely difficult. Well, Marymount. Marymount, Mary Washington, Salisbury, and York. It's going to be a very difficult CAC on the women and men's side. Uh, I'm going to be fascinated. On the men's side, speaking of which, and we mentioned the Marietta win. Uh, we mentioned Wash U beat Augustana earlier on. Augustana ranked number 18. I didn't have them ranked. I thought they lost way too much. You're going to see a very different top 25 tomorrow, I suspect. I know I said that a year ago, and it wasn't as much of a shakeup as I expected. I highly expect a shakeup. In week one's poll, Middlebury lost to Endicott. Um, Endicott will probably move. Well, they lost, but there's a chance they move into the top 25. Middlebury may move out. Uh, Southern Maine and, Su and St. Joseph's are playing right now early in the second. Uh, Southern Maine's got a two point lead. Um, lots of games that have taken place today um, that I that I thought was kind of surprising. I thought we wouldn't have. Uh, as many. By the way, here's a game that'll jump out of you. McDaniel lost to Penn State uh, Scullicle, non-division three, 984. McDaniel led that at halftime. McDaniel, I sometimes wonder their scheduling with McDaniel. Uh, they're in a tough Centennial Conference, and they don't set themselves up very often for the at-large opportunity. Um, played Wilson and won. Played Penn State York out of division three, won. Got destroyed by Hopkins to start conference play back on Tuesday and then lost to Penn State Scullyville Scully Cult today 90 to 84 they've got Dickinson ahead and Dickinson is playing well 
We've got our sinus head in Wash U, then Immaculata and Marymount and CCNY and Emmanuel before they get back into conference play. McDaniel does not usually give themselves much of a uh, opportunity to improve in opponents like Penn State York and Penn State Skullicle kind of speak to that. And I'm a little surprised. I, I continue to be surprised at the scheduling at McDaniel and then taking a loss today doesn't help morale when you got killed by Hopkins uh, earlier in the week. Uh, we mentioned that uh, Lie coming earlier. Well, they beat Penn State Altoona today. I mentioned St. Mary's earlier today. They beat Greensboro. Um, Randolph-Macon beat Ferrum. I don't know if I remember mentioning that coming out of Josh's interview, but they beat Ferrum today 61-47. That's a good win for the Yellow Jackets. Try and get back on. Here's one that's going to surprise me. Oswego State, who I had been voting for, I can't now. They lost to Hamilton 78-70. I think that's Oswego State's second loss. Oswego State's kind of doing what they did last year. I know they got a bunch of transfers in. I know a lot of people think Oswego State's going to be a very good team this year. But, man, they take losses at the beginning of the season. And I get there's a chemistry thing here. But Oswego State ends up putting themselves in a position where they do not have any wiggle room before they hit conference play. And the SUNYAC this year should be a dogfight. As good as the CAC is going to be, the SUNYAC could be just as good. You can't afford extra losses. And Oswego could be playing themselves out of the tournament before conference play even begins or really begins in earnest. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on them. Catholic got a win over Wesley today, 75-65. Keep an eye on the Cardinals. Um, there's been a lot of talk of frustration on the men's side of, of what's going on with the program. They lost a lot from last year's team. I don't expect them. Well, they'll probably be at the top of the conference because the entire top of the conference will be down and the middle is the middle of the landmark. But I just don't expect the same incredible play from Catholic this year. But keep an eye on them. I'm going to be very interested to see how their season progresses and what the future of Catholic's going to be. I feel like Catholic's been at a crossroads for a couple of years now, and they haven't gotten, haven't made that decision yet. Same with Scranton. Um, watch out for Vitkus at Scranton this year. Uh, he was the number two guy to Boken the last, I think, two years. And I was really surprised how much Vitkus and and and, Bo, and Boken weren't used at times by Scranton. What I'm interested in is Vitkus now will take on the number one defender when Boken was taking that guy on for most of the season last year. I know he's put up at least one or two double-doubles already this season. He might be better than advertised. He may allow Scranton to stay atop the landmark conference. It'll be fascinating to see how Scranton does. They beat Wilkes today by uh, 18. Um, other games that, that jump out at me as I, I, I kind of scan through things here. Um, Williams and Union went into overtime today, and Williams got the 98-90 win. There's another team that is rebuilding. Remember a few years ago, the Duncan Robinson year, they ran all the way. Mike, Mike Maker, the head coach, and Mayer, the center, made a heck of a run to the championship game in Salem. Nearly beat Whitewater. Heck of a game. Duncan Robinson transfers after Maker... Goes to Marist. Williams has not been the same since. They lost a ton. They win today 98-90. There's some who I think are willing Williams to be back at the top of the NESCAC. I'm not sure they will. Same as Middlebury. There's a lot of people willing Middlebury to be at the top of the NESCAC. I'm not so sure they will be. 
I mean, there's a lot of reasons to like him, but there's a lot of reasons to be concerned. I haven't seen improvement from those two squads. I'm going to be fascinated to watch them the rest of the season and see if they're actually better than I think they are, maybe meeting the expectations of of others. Um, Juniata got a win over Marymount today. Those two programs I'm going to be watching in the Mid-Atlantic region this year because I think Juniata could, could, could maybe emerge out of the Landmark Conference again. It's going to be tough. They don't have a ton of talent, but I think with the top down, Juniata could kind of maybe get up at the top again. And Marymount in the CAC is going to be playing that spoiler role in the middle. A couple years ago, this has been a great year for Marymount, and it's just mistimed. I'm going to be interested to see how Marymount survives the CAC this year. Chicago beat DePaul. Maybe Chicago is better than advertised. I certainly didn't take a hard look at them this year. Um, I thought they lost too much from a team that, let's say, disappointed last year. I hate saying that word when it comes to student-athletes, but certainly didn't play as well, I think, as many thought they would. Uh, But Chicago got the big win over DePaul today. Um, Yeah, so a lot of interesting scores out there today. A lot of scores in in the first two, three weeks of the season have been interesting. Um, I'm not sure what to make yet of the season and how it started. It's wide open. Brandeis losing to Rhode Island College today, 87-72. I thought Brandeis would be back in the mix. Maybe Brandeis isn't quite there. Is Rhode Island College there? Remember last year, Rhode Island College started terrifically, and you had top 25 voters for voting for him, and I was sitting on the side going, uh-uh, there, no, RIC isn't there. And, and that's exactly how it ended up. RIC wasn't there. Uh, I'll be interested to see where this goes. Um, I, I'm, I'll be fascinated. I'm not sure where it heads um, with them this year. NYU lost to Yeshiva today. There's a score that's going to jump out at you. Yeshiva beat NYU today, 83-68. I know NYU lost a ton. And NYU is not known to putting exactly the best out-of-conference schedule together. And Yeshiva is a program we've had on the air in the last few years that has certainly improved. But Yeshiva beating NYU is a big game. That's a big win for Yeshiva. That's a big win. And maybe shows you just how down NYU is going to be this season as well. Quick scoring updates. Uh, George Fox has extended their lead now on Chapman and women's basketball by 9, 63-54 with 5-10 left. So maybe George Fox finally woke up in that game. And uh, Wilkes Scranton, that one's over. Scranton wins 81-37 to stay undefeated in women's basketball. Just saw this from our Around the Nation writer, Ryan Scott, working on my ballot tonight. I have no idea how I'm going to vote, but I've dropped eight teams off my preseason to week one. Yeah, eight teams is about right. I don't know how many I'm going to vote off. I don't even remember what my ballot was, to be honest with you. Let me see if I can let me see if I can find it quickly and you can get a quick insight on what I am thinking. Um real quick. Hold on. I need to find uh, the email. Um great system that, that fires us the email and lets you know what your what your vote was. Just bear with me because it's obviously the preseason one. It kind of goes back a little ways. Um, oh, you know what? I'm actually looking for the wrong one. So would it be helpful if I was looking for the right email? Um, can't find it. We'll get there. 
we will get there momentarily. Um, I should be able to find it quick. Here we go. Here, so here's my top 25 ballot. My number one team was Babson. My number two team was Christopher Newport. Number three team was Ohio Wesley, and then followed by Amherst St. Norbert. So we'll just talk top five real quick. Um, I have a debate of what to do with Babson if I want to keep him one. Christopher Newport will certainly move down. Ohio Wesleyan will move down. Amherst, we'll see where I keep him. St. Norbert's going to be a tough decision. And then I had Tufts followed by Worcester, John Carroll, North Central, and Emory. Then at 11, I had St. Thomas followed by Whitworth, Whitman, Benedictine, and Alma. Alma will come out of my top 25, so there's one team out. 16 was Marietta. I'll certainly move them up. 17 was Hope. 18 was Skidmore. 19, Oswego State. That's two teams out of my top 25. Number 20 was Harden-Simmons. I know a lot of team people have not talked about Harden-Simmons. I thought they have a really good team coming back after a season that was affected greatly by Craig Karst being sick um, and, and missing much of the season. They're off to a 2-2 two two start. Lost to Southwestern. Beat Shriner. Lost to Texas Lutheran. It wasn't close. Then beat Trinity, Texas. Um, I'll probably be removing Harden-Simmons. Maybe I was too premature on that. New Jersey City at 21. They have a loss. Salisbury at 22. Virginia Wesley at 23 with two losses. They're probably out. Lynchburg at 24. Rochester at 25. I've got at least four teams I can see getting out of my top 25. Not sure if I'll have more than that or not this season, but we will. I'll keep an eye on that. Um, we vote tonight. And tomorrow, the voting will come out tomorrow evening. Don't forget, again, let's do some homework here, or a busy work. Uh, the D3 Hoops, or the Hoops will be on the air Thursday again, though it'll be a pre-taped show as I have to make my way to Salem for the soccer championships. We will put that show together Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, our goal is to release it Thursday at 7 at the latest, or at a normal time, depending on a, a number of factors. But that will be our goal. Um... We'll then be back on the air Sunday live, though we'll be hightailing it back from Salem to get that show on the air. There is an outside chance, an outside chance we may move Sunday's show to Monday. Reason being timing of getting back and getting material turned around. We will make that decision, though, prior to Sunday, depending on how things are working out. We'll make that decision. It may be, to be blunt, I am getting older in my life. Uh, I am not as young as I used to be. Um, I think last year, rushing back from the championships in Salem, uh, we ended up pushing the show a couple days as a result of that, or we have in the, in the years past, um, because it is just harder to be busy all weekend, get up, get going, get home, do a show. Uh, I'm going to try and get the game in at Roanoke on top of that. So there's a chance we will move Sunday show to Monday uh, instead, heck, maybe we'll do a Monday afternoon show since I will be home. We could certainly pull that off and do it a little bit differently. I don't know. But just be aware, we're going to try and be on the air next Sunday, but we may move it to Monday. We're then on the air Thursday. Let's give you dates to be more specific in case you're listening. So, again, the first show will be pre-taped, but will be available on the 1st. The show on the 4th, we will be coming back from Salem, hopefully getting on the air the 4th. If not, we'll get on the air 5th. We'll be on the air as scheduled on the 8th. We'll be on the air scheduled on the 11th. The 15th, no show. We'll be in Salem again for football championships this time. We will then be back in town in time to do a show on the 18th. Um, and then we debate a show on the 22nd before taking our holiday break. Did you follow all that? 
If not, we'll keep it updated as much as we can on Twitter at D3Hoopsville using the hashtag Hoopsville. Um, I think that's it uh, for the most part. Uh, a little bit of a different show. Not a lot of people to talk to. We apologize. I know Ryan, our Around the Nation guy, was on standby. More than willing to come on the show and chat. I appreciate that, Ryan. I do plan to get you on. I just figure I want to get a couple more weeks of uh, stuff uh, underway. By the way, Ryan has written a couple great articles this season. You should check them out already. Um, the latest one about scheduling changes and how it's affected things. Um, trying to find it real quick. There, uh, Where is it? Oh, it's in there. Oh, traveling is the right call. Pretty good, insightful article about how the 70% rule in regional, once you play 70% of your games, all your games count for regional rankings, has made an impact. Great article by Ryan. He's found some insightful things. Check that one out when you get the opportunity. Um, certainly worth listening or reading. We'll get him on the air. He's had a couple great articles already. He'll have a couple more coming up. I know he's working hard. We'll get him on the air. We'll try and get Gordon maybe with his insights on the season before we get to the D3 Hoops Classic. Of course, we'll have to talk about the D3 Hoops Classic coming up as well. That's going to be it. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thanks to uh, all the head coaches who were interviewed at the Hoopsville Classic and the three who were able to get on the air again at Albright, Randolph, Macon, and Skidmore. We apologize to the other three. But it gives us a chance to talk to Lynchburg a little later in the season. It will give us a chance to talk to Christopher Newport later in the season. And I bet we might hear from Marietta this week. What do you think? Thursday show, maybe? I bet we do, too. By the way, speaking of which, our friend out in the Great Lakes, uh, Ryan Winnable, came out with his power pole for the Great Lakes. He's got... Uh, Marietta followed by Hope. He's then got, I think that's Alma? I'm double-checking who he's got. No, Worcester, I'm sorry. Worcester third. He then put BYU fourth, Baldwin-Wallace. Mount Union fifth, and then Ohio Wesleyan sixth. I'd actually disagree with him on that. I'd have Ohio Wesleyan despite their start higher than that. But Baldwin-Wallace is another team to keep an eye on out of there. A lot of people talking in the Great Lakes about how Baldwin-Wallace might be this season. That's going to do it for us. The show going off air before two hours is rare. I know. We're making up for it. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Not our atypical show. We'll get back into the flow a little bit this week as we move forward. If you have any questions for us when we're not on the air, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Of course, follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can message us there as well. You can also follow us on Twitter, I mean on Instagram at D3Hoopsville if interested as well. I think that's going to do it uh, for anything else. Appreciate you tuning in. A little bit different. And then thanks to the uh, support of D3 Hoops, the NABC, and the WBCA. I want to also thank Stevenson for their assistance, as always, uh, at the Hoopsville Classic. And, of course, Buffalo Wild Wings with their assistance with the interviews and such at the Hoopsville Classic. Appreciate that. They're, um, both of them, both whether it be patronage or, or the ability to put on such a great event, I want to thank all of them as well. We're going to be off the air again. Show is not live Thursday, but we will have a show Thursday. We will then have a show uh, either the 4th or the 5th of December. Stay with us on Twitter, etc., etc. If you got guest ideas for us, by the way, feel free to send us our way. By the way, if you're also listening to the podcast and you've gotten this far and you still haven't heard the answer as to why we didn't get the other podcast on the air, we had some issues with the with the recording. It's It's a long story. You don't need to know the inside politics of it all. But long story short, we didn't get a hard copy of the audio, and we didn't have time to re-record it, so that show didn't make it. We will maybe get it back up at a later date. 
but this one will certainly make it because we know we've recorded it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I appreciate you taking the time. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC studios. Again, follow us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Follow us on Instagram at D3Hoopsville. If you have questions, if you have guest ideas, if you just want to chat with us, let us know. And uh, we look forward to... Uh, talking to you down the road. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. We're off to another crazy start with this Division Three basketball season. I look forward to continuing along the way, and we'll see you back here on Thursday evening. Good night, everybody, and enjoy the rest of the uh, week, and we'll see you back here uh, on Thursday evening. Good night. <laughs>